This podcast is for the fans, lovers of media, writers of fix, kings and queens of all things queer, hip-hop heads, cinephiles, techies, trekkies, speakers of Dothraki, K-pop stands, armies, and beyond. Tell me, what brings you joy? Standing While Black is a weekly podcast discussing Black experiences in fandom. Let's geek out together. Thank you so much for checking out the first episode of Standing While Black. I'm your host, Ashley Briggs, and I'm a lifelong fangirl, as well as a writer, producer, editor, and now a podcast host. Fandom has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. As a glasses-wearing, tall but not athletic, socially awkward blurred from the Midwest, I've found comfort, community, inspiration, and joy through fandom. And I know there are more stories like mine out there. I want to find those stories to explore the universal and the specific. My goal is to create a safe space for Black fans from any fandom because Black people bring so much joy to the world and we deserve to feel that same joy too. I'm so excited to kick off season one of Standing While Black with a conversation I was fortunate enough to have with writer, producer, cosplayer, and all-around delightful human being, Sam Mbata. I hope you enjoy our chat about convention culture, cosplay, and creativity. Let's get into it. day going it's all right yeah um i'm in england so my day's practically up oh it's so done over. yeah yeah it's <laughs> like 11 o'clock here so yeah it's it's done but it's also not done I, i'm a nocturnal human so i'm normally up ah, until about two three in the morning most days oh which part of are you in london you said yes indeed london okay i spent a semester there back in like an undergrad, oh, nice. I was, I, yeah, I was staying in like Knightsbridge and then I had to take classes near like the Holborn. Wow. Yeah. You were stop, like proper, so. proper central. I'm in the, I'm in the yeah. suburbs, man. I'm, yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't get to travel that much because I was broke AF. Uh, I mean, yeah, but you were in like proper central, central London. Yeah. You were like, yeah, yeah it was yeah. fun. I had to go through Piccadilly just to get to class. It was, it, they made you feel like you're really local yeah. even though we obviously weren't uh so but I that mean, was back in 2006 so it's a long time ago well yeah but london's small that's the thing london's really small yeah. people make out like london's huge but you can go from one side to the other in like an hour and a half on the train like it's not that's true yeah, it's not huge. <laughs> uh, well thank you so much for coming on uh i've done audio drama but this is my first time hosting a podcast so thank okay. you so much for participating and i saw i started listening to scarce Ooh. uh so I'm excited to finish. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you, do you mind if I include it? Yeah, no, do you uh, think? Once, when we get toward the end? Okay. Yeah, I love no. to, you know, I like to hype up everyone else, you know. Yeah. It's what, all, what did you it's think so far? Because the thing is, where where I've released a show and whatever, like none of my friends and family listen to it, but like strangers right? do. Thousands of strangers <laughs> do. And I'm like, who who are these people? Like, why are they not reaching out like, to us? But um, what do right, you think? Why do we have to like beg people to listen? Yeah, I love it. I, it's giving me like... Bioshock vibes, like the game, that feeling of yeah, yeah, yeah. that dystopian, but you know something's just around the corner. Yeah. I used, I sort of used commercials 
for my sci-fi series yeah. uh, to do the world building as well. So I, that sounded really See, familiar. I like that. Yeah. People find so it I hilarious. Did the same thing. <laughs> but I'm just like, no, this is world building. You need to understand this is a very right. strange, strange place. Like, yeah, you just have to settle into it and go with the flow versus... So I think some people come in and they, they want everything spelled out. Yeah. And that's not that's that's not my style. I did no. I did something similar in in my show. So uh, so I like to start out with a little icebreaker game. I come from a theater and film background. I like cool. like those kinds of thought games to loosen up. Yeah. So uh, I'll ask a question and we'll both answer. Oh, okay. uh, whoever nice. can start. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you could have any, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Okay. Any superpower. I'm not going to go with invisibility. I'm not going to go with flight, right? I'm the going classics. for a very X-Men based one. I want to be that pyro guy or the ice man. Okay. I want to be that. You want to throw an element at someone? Yeah. Yeah. I want to bend some yeah. kind of element or, or now this is a very kind of like niche one. I want mm. to be able to manipulate non-organic materials. So I want to be able to like move metal or move brick. Ah. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. my answer would be pretty much the same, but maybe a different. I mean, I guess I should ask first why would you want that choice? Sounds, I have, sounds cool. I know like, what, what my why is. You could just, <laughs> just pull up, cool. You could just pull up on the go and be like, oh, what? You want a MacBook? <laughs> you know what I mean? I made a MacBook. Oh, what? Your phone's broken? <laughs> Oh, bit, you know what I mean? Like some, just, it just, I feel like the potentials right. <laughs> to impress people is quite high. But then for me personally, I feel like it would just be, it would just be cool to like, I don't have to use doors anymore. I can just go like, do you right. know what I mean? Exactly. Open up the wall, walk through and close that bitch back. I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> See, I would also choose telekinesis for me, but more not to impress others, but because I'm generally lazy. I like to think that I'm efficient. So I want to get from point A to point B, but just laziness, so I don't have to move around as much. You know, growing up, I didn't like to look for the remote control for the TVs. You know, I wanted it right next to me. So if I have telekinesis, I can just yeah. bring things to me. But also, you know, the control level. Maybe I'm, as an anxious person, I like to have that. I would have a power where I get to control things around me. Okay. Which, that would be helpful. Now, I couldn't change the panoramic with that power. But <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I mean could make other people slap on masks. And they would all just be on faces. It'll well, be you could just easier. make the COVID particles just go around you. That's I was going to ask first, before like we get like deep into the conversation, and I get like relaxed, relaxed. Can you swear on this or is there no swearing? Like, is this like a family? Oh, you can. Okay. I don't. Great. Yeah. Let me get mad No now. problem. Fuck, 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 yeah. shit, shit. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> all right. Um, your number one topic that you selected was uh, the culture of cosplay and conventions. So yes. could you tell me a little bit about... How you got into that fandom or your history with yeah, either yeah, yeah. conventions or cosplay or both? So as a kid, I've always liked comics, kind of influenced by my uncles. They've loved comics from the 60s all till now. So as a kid, you know, grew up loving comics and the X-Men films started coming out when I was a kid. So mm -hmm. going to the cinema, seeing all these things about, damn, those costumes are cool. Then everybody else kind of cottoned on to comic books growing up and it became cool and whatever. And I was like, that's great. I was like, I want to go deeper into the fandom now when I hit my teenage years. And so my uncle's always like, we should go Comic-Con, right? Mm -hmm. Bear in mind back then, you don't know what's happening around the corner from you or whatever, because the internet wasn't a big deal. So we're thinking we have to go to, you know, LA or whatever. Then we found out there's Comic-Con here in, in London, in England. So 
from there, we over the years, we were always like, oh, we should go. And then it always fell on bank holiday. Everyone was busy. Da, 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 da. But one year we were like, this year, like in January at Christmas around the dinner table, we were like, we're going to Comic-Con. <laughs> so we went, right? And I've never felt so at home, but at the same time, so weirded out in a good way. <laughs> and after that, me and my sister were like, next year we're cosplaying. Like, we have to. And it's like, we're nice. not going to do that whole, oh, just you know, pick a character and be that character. It's like, we're going to cosplay and we're going to be black, like comic book characters or like, you know, something, someone black, right? So my sister went as Storm, like the OG mm -hmm. version of Storm with the yeah. kind of black costume. Not the 90s version. She went as that the year after. And I went as a Fortnite skin because I was like, where are there black men in, you know, comic book or shall we say nerd geek culture yeah. that look like me? You know what I mean? Kind of like short yeah. hair, beard, like... I need that. And I was like, oh, damn, I'm playing Fortnite. So I'm going to go with this Fortnite skin. I made, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Fortnite, but they have like a map a little thing. Bit. Yeah. So they have this map thing they pull out. It's like a blue kind of holographic type thing. And they hold a pencil. They have backpacks and boots and they have an axe to, you know, slay down materials. So I was like, cool. I'm going to go for when he's got the, the map thing out and the pencil. So I made the little map. I spent a lot of time looking at it in game and online and I made it, got the costume as accurately as I can. It was basically just army fatigues, long boots, you know, and then throw a backpack on because they, they have backpacks in that game and that's how it goes. So I get yeah. there and I'm, you know, I have to hold this thing all day and I've got my pencil in my hand and people are probably looking like, is he from Fortnite? I don't know. And it was for the first few hours, I felt really, really weird. I was like, damn, no one knows who I am. Everyone knows who my sister is because it's like, you know, black lady with white hair, probably Storm. With right. me, people like, oh, what are you? I was like, oh, I'm a Fortnite. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. And then it all came together perfectly. I was walking down through the aisles, doing my shopping, just buying, you know, regular nerd shit as you do. And um, I saw from far away, like one of the, the battle pass skins from that, that battle pass, this guy with a big helmet on, the lady had like a unicorn pickaxe. I was like, you guys are from Fortnite. And they looked at me like, you're from Fortnite. And then we all came together. And we were like freaking out together, right? Like, oh my God, I haven't seen anyone else in the same cosplay as me. Like, well, not the same, but do you know what I mean? From the same yeah. game. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's like, you amazing. get it, I get it. We were having a moment. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a whole bunch of kids came and were like, oh my God, they're all from Fortnite. We were like, yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is our moment. I, wow. I didn't go there expecting that, but like it nearly brought a tear to my eye. These kids were like over the moon. They're like, oh, he has the map thing. She has the pickaxe. He has the, the blaster gun thing. And we like gave them all like the different props we had and kept like mixing it around and taking loads of pictures. And I was like, wow, I've made some kids day. Like, cause in their head, these type of things only exist in the computer screen. I right. brought it into the real world. I was thinking, I don't know. I'm probably there on some, you know, middle-aged woman's Facebook. He's like, oh, look, Jerry and, and Jimmy had a great day. These guys really made their day. It's Fortnite, blah, blah. I was like, wow. And from there, I was hooked, right? I nice. was like, next Comic-Con, I'm going again. I'm still repping the black side, right? And I thought- Did you have to elaborate on the costume and, you know, go a little deeper with the effort put into the design? Because, well, well, you know, if you're going back, you know, you got to go big, right? Well, I, I went big <laughs> on this one, though. Like, on the first one, I, I got it, like, accurate, like, Accurate, yeah. accurate. I had like everything going the right way, mostly. So I was there for the whole year. I was like, cool, I've got, you know, nine months to make something. I was thinking, I can go Green Lantern. I can do this. I can do that. And I was like, no, I want something that's like personal to me, unique to me, something that I like. Then Jordan Peele dropped us. And I was like, okay, I can work <laughs> with this. Like, I'm going to yeah. have to have my toes out all day, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> that is what I'm going for. I'm going for that. 
So I got the red jumpsuit, got my mom to like hike up the legs and cut them. So it was like the same kind of like, you know, jack up height they had. Did that shit up. Let my let my beard grow proper long and horrible, but then it shaved my head like how it normally is. And I was like, I've got this spot on. Like I had the fucking sandals on too. I was like, doesn't matter, I can have my toes out all day. Doesn't matter, I got pretty it's feet. dedication. It's cool. Yeah, sorry, I got pretty feet. First thing when we we drop, you know, I I um I had to wear my costume. I was coming from a hotel. So I wore my costume from the hotel to the event space and I was meeting my uncle, my sister in a car park. This year she's gone as the white. Um, costume storm with the you know the yellow thing you know the oh, one yeah. from the x-men like the classic one mm-hmm. she's come yeah, from yeah. that right so everyone's gonna know who she was straight away there was no mistaking it but for me again i was worried i was like mine's quite niche whatever the second i got into the car park this lady runs up to me so oh my god i just watched that film last week like i love your costume gotta take a picture i was like Oh yeah, it's gonna be one of those days. I was like, this is this is exactly what I I hoped for. Like, I I'm not doing it for me. I'm hoping to make other people's day by me representing like black people in fictional universes. That's all it ever was in my head. It's like I don't feel like I saw enough black people dressed up as black characters. And in the first year I went, there was a lot of Black Panthers, and you can't tell who's black and who's not because everyone's got a face mask on. But there were there were a lot of people you know, that were black, that were there and there were, you know, Jedis and whatever. I was like, you guys are like so like pigeonholed in. I'm sure there's a lot more stuff you can represent. So anyway, that year I bumped into two other people again who were in the same cosplay as me. Same, we ordered the same jump for, for, jumpsuit from <laughs> Amazon, obviously. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, we took a picture together and I was like, cool, I had my moment, whatever. But like for the rest of the day, I'm walking around, people are like, I just saw that film, it's fucking good. Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. Cosplay is a very kind of inclusive thing, but at the same time, there's a lot of like weird stuff that goes on around it. Like, there's a lot of people that mainly, I would say, don't get to spend time around, should we say, scantily clad, attractive women. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. lycra, a lot of skin on show, and there's there's these guys, and you see them from a mile away, right? They've got the proper professional camera, like a big deal camera. They're like, oh, can I take a picture of you? Da, 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 da. But you notice after a while, all they're doing is taking pictures of the same half-naked right. girls, people in body paint, that type of stuff. I'm like, what about the other amazing cosplays we're seeing right now? You know, there's there's a guy over there who's like fully gone all out on an anime costume, or there's a girl over there who's gone fully all out on like a World of Warcraft thing, but they're not interested in that. And so yeah. I'd say as a black person, the main struggle I've had is that people will see what like, oh, this guy's in cosplay, but they either won't know what it is or they'll assume that I've just like, I'm just making it up or whatever it is. And, it, and then if they do know, they freak out because it's like, wow, like it's really accurate. It's really, really accurate. I'm like, I mean, I don't really look like the guy. I'm just black. Like, <laughs> I'm just black. Wait, like, this is enough for you? This is the bar? This, this is doing here. it for you? Because yeah. at, at Comic-Con, you always get, you know, it's, it's a given you're going to see at least 20 Harlequins and 20 Jokers. Now, if they're coupled up together, that's mm-hmm. great. But there's always those going around. You're going to see a few Jedis, a lot of Stormtroopers. You know, you're going to see your, your Supermans with, with all the fake muscles. But then you get to the people that have spent the time, money and effort. And those people blow your mind because it's like... Mm-hmm the costume is like what they would wear in the movie type thing. And that's the effort I'm trying to get to, but with, you know, COVID and stuff, last year, Comic-Con's cancelled, this year, Comic-Con's cancelled. And realistically, I should have been like, oh, I've got two more years to like get my costume right. Yeah, but you still had to survive just getting through that year, let alone but that was the know, thing missing I was out holding on, on to. That's that was true. the thing I was, I was holding on to was like, yeah. oh, Comic Con will come again. So 
I mean, at the moment I'm in a kind of awkward place because for the I want to do Green Lantern, but for that I need mm-hmm. to put on a lot of muscle. I need to also figure out if I'm going to make the costume or buy a costume. I feel like some of the mm-hmm. costumes you can buy are a bit shit, but if I get one made by like a seamstress or whatever, it's going to fit me perfectly and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm in between the the kind of the two with that, but yeah. I feel like Comic-Con is becoming a, a more black friendly space. Whereas before, mm-hmm. I guess it was just like a white male space. But I mean, I don't, I don't say this in like a, a rude way, but like, I don't want the the politically correct police to end up policing Comic-Con of, oh, you can't do that. You can do. I I really don't want that because it's like, it's, it feels fine. Bear in mind, I'm, I'm a black man. So, you know, people are looking at me like, oh, he's the danger if anything, but they just need to work on getting the creepy people like policed. Mm-hmm. That's it. They don't yeah, need to be like, oh, let's be more inclusive. Da, 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 da. It's already an inclusive space. We d- I don't want to see that forced diversity quota in that space because it's just, it's not it's not naturally there yet. But there are more black characters coming out. There are more black, you know, there was a lot of Miles Morales the, mm-hmm. the year that Sp- Into the Spider-Verse came out. It's becoming more Do you think there will be more Falcon cosplay? Oh, yeah. Uh, but, as we, once we come back, once we can have events again. Yeah, oh, that uh, definitely or do you will th- be. Do you, would that feel... Uh, more like, like you said, that PC culture. Do you think people would genuinely want to do that versus I feel like just kids the will. diversity quota? Do you for, think kids, yeah. For kids, kids will see like, oh, wow, there's a black, I can go as a black character because the mm-hmm. one thing I hate, right, is when I see a black person cosplaying a white character and I, I know, you know, you shouldn't be able to police these things, but it's like, why not be like, hey, I'm going to be a black fictional character so other people can see black fictional characters or do you know what I mean so like mm-hmm. there's accuracy wars and obviously there's the whole argument of white people playing anime characters and anime characters are meant to be Japanese and Chinese and all this kind of stuff but it's like I hate to see white people cosplay as black characters and black people not cosplay as black characters but you know you can do what you want to do right but you 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 now have the option to to be a black character Yes, yeah. it's limited at the moment. But I'm saying over the next 10, 15 years, that is going to expand. You know, so many Luke Cages the first year I went, which is easy to tell. If you're a bit of a ripped black guy, you just wear a ripped white vest and you're suddenly Luke Cage. It's pretty much done, yeah. It's simple. So yeah, I think I'll see a lot more Falcons. There was a lot of Black Panthers and um, Killmongers, but there were people that were doing the comic book Killmonger, which was nice. And then the next year, there was people doing like, you know, the Michael B. Jordan Killmonger because they're like, oh, I got some dreads. Do you know what I mean? I can I can <laughs> put this shit together. So there was a lot of that. There was a few people being like the, the Wakandan soldiers and stuff. So it, it's expanding. But at the same time, I feel like the forced diversity will come from the fact that now it's always like they're trying to cram a black character in everywhere. Like even Watchmen, the main character was a black lady. And I was like, cool, that's nice. But I was like, where's the black guy? Like, where's where's yeah. the Asian guy? Where's the Asian girl? Where's where's the natural kind of openness of diversity? Like, they always try to double down on diversity. So it'd be like, woman of color. Okay, cool. It's like, <laughs> checked off the list. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Done. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's enough. And I don't think that's that feels genuine, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, you did mention Black Panther, and we've all seen it, you know? I feel like that was a requirement for all black folks to go Indeed. see at least once in yes. theaters when we had the chance. Um, question one, who was right? Uh, would you say T'Challa or Killmonger? Who had the better, who who had the morally right argument? Personally, I could hear what Killmonger was saying. I could hear what T'Challa was saying. The main problem is why didn't they unify together, right? Mm-hmm. And push both agendas. So, you know, claim back your stuff, take care of the people. 
and just do a nice healthy mix of that. It's it's either or, and I was kind of like I was I was drawn between the two because it's like, okay, cool. If you know comic book Wakanda, them guys are up. Do you know what I mean? They make shields for for uh, Captain America. They make a whole bunch of stuff. They 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 are the main supplier of like vibranium. It's all good mm. over there. It's like the future. Everybody goes to Wakanda's like, oh my god, this place is sick. Comic book versus movie Wakanda made it seem like they had all these internal politics and this, that, and the third. And it's accurate, but at the same time, they made Killmonger seem like he was like the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. I've, every villain has an element of relatability in them. And so I'm, I'm going to answer it by saying I'm with T'Challa, but I feel Killmonger's vibe. He said yeah. he had a lot of quotables there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He had some points. He made made a few points there. Yeah, I, at the time, after seeing it, I was very team Killmonger. Yeah. I think after, as the years have passed, if there if there were a way to have a co-kingdom going on. This is what I'm saying. Or they could just coexist in Wakanda the way um, the other tribe that was up in the mountains. I'm, it's, I haven't watched in a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they could kind of coexist, the people there. with the bear skin things, the, yeah. you know them, them, them buff dudes. If they could live yeah. like that, things would yeah. be good. Because they were working it out for the longest time. Um, oh, yeah. Baku was, you know, he was still leading, but still under T'Challa. So, I think there there were ways to do it without just throwing Killmonger away like that. Uh, I'm hoping. I mean, I don't know. I don't want spoilers. I guess I, mean, I don't know. If I he mean, comes how back, would you have spoilers? But, what do you know? What do you yeah. know, Ashley? Tell I know. Me. I feel like I heard that he was <laughs> that he comes back or that he lived after. Like he didn't really die. I, I want don't him know to come back. True. His main yeah, theme. His musical theme was amazing. It's just some guy yeah. screaming "Killmonger" like it's some <laughs> high pitched thing. I was like, what? I was in the cinema, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm gonna have to rewatch. I my kids my son just turned five and he's just now getting into superheroes and yeah has enough patience to sit through a movie we kind of mm-hmm. keep things short but he's starting to actually catch up with disney and marvel and you know he had the black panther cape before he even saw the movie yeah so i i want to make sure he understands it as he grows as he grows up but also really hope he has other options and can well, find more black characters that he can look up to in addition to Black Panther. So it's a great say. start. Yeah. More, more is coming. I believe it. He's got more people. I don't know if you've seen on Netflix, um, Jupiter's Legacy. There's a black guy. Oh, yeah. There's a black lady. Like, do you know what I mean? There's more representation and it's natural representation. And that feels good. But there are still places where it's forced and it makes things a bit awkward for me. Yeah. Right. We don't want the, uh, want to have to keep hearing affirmative action in our entertainment. Like it should just be the character is black because, and they have an actual reason. Yeah. And he doesn't um, pull up. He's like, hey, brothers and sisters, it's time to, right. to fight some crime. We don't need any more Jar Jar Binks types. <laughs> oh, <dear>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at, in your experience with conventions, uh, are there any, I guess, life lessons that you've gained or any surprising things that you've learned about yourself or about community and your experiences and conventions? Yeah, I, I've learned I've learned that people care a lot about comics and care a lot about film. And in that, there is the lesson of, it's all art at the end of the day and art resonates with different people differently, but the fact it's resonated with you is something beautiful and you have something to share. So I personally never really was a, a massive fan of of uh of Star Wars, even though I'd seen all of it. 
But then as I got to Comic Con and started speaking to people in different booths, they would tell me like, oh, have you read this book and that about stuff? I'm like, no. They're like, yeah, there's loads <laughs> of books. There's books, there's lots of stuff. in a, Like the movies aren't it. I'm like, damn. So it's kind of like Harry Potter, but it's, it's like two folders and the films do represent a lot of the storyline, but there's smaller bits and things. And I remember someone was telling me about The Mandalorian before it come out. I was like, what, mm-hmm. do, what do you mean? Like, oh yeah, Boba Fett and da da da. I'm like, he's got a whole. They're like, of course he's got a storyline. Everyone's got a story. So I've learned that there's, you know, there's not just the, the, the upfront facing characters and all the main characters get their backstory. It's like all these side characters in every fandom in your Marvels, your DCs, your, you know, they have backstories, and now those backstories are being put out. I also found out more about independent comics and people that you know just. They've, they've got, like, say, an email list of 10,000 people. But those 10,000 people love the hell out of their comic. They buy right. it every month. They're making a living off this. I'm like, wow. So there's a lot more support and it's a lot less kind of niche than I thought it was. But it still isn't like mainstream, mainstream. I feel like everybody went and saw Avengers. Everybody went and saw Black Panther. But not many people are going to go see Joker or, or any of the old Batman films because it's just not for them. And I understand mm-hmm. that. But those those fandoms i feel like they're growing but there's a lot of gate gatekeepy behavior which is kind of frustrating because it's like surely you'd want more people to come into this space for it to grow that type of thing but there's a lot of people like oh girls don't understand comics uh girls don't (laughs) understand this they can't why and it's the same thing that kind of proliferates throughout the the kind of I want to call it nerd geek culture. I don't say this in an offensive way. I'm a self-proclaimed geek and nerd. But it's the same in the gaming community. People just like, uh, girl, uh, uh, girl. It's like, yeah. why? What's the difference? <laughs> the, the, the reaction time is slower. What? Like, do you <laughs> know what I mean? All these things are just, yeah. just, just how they are How they are about it really does confuse me. So, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. The more the merrier kind of feel, you know, if there's yeah. more inclusivity, then you have more people participating, more creativity, more content, and then everybody wins exactly. versus, like you said, gatekeeping. Um, well, that's that's awesome. You pretty much handled every question I could have come up with, I think. I try my best. Uh, so I, I really appreciate like I, that. I waffle on, but I try to give people like a long answer in these type of interviews, because it's like, I don't know if your show is meant to be an hour long, half an hour long. So I don't yeah. want to be like, no. yes, I've learned a lot. Do you know what I mean? I want to, <laughs> and I assume with, you know what I mean? With with things, how they are right now, people are, are dying for a conversation. And so am I. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was nervous because it's just, I have been most, I've been mostly texting or been on Twitter. That's usually where I am or Reddit yeah. versus actually in I'm a full-time parent and a hobbyist. And yeah. so I'm not, I haven't been doing Zoom meetings and all that like yeah. everyone else. I'm like, oh, sucks for you guys. Uh, <laughs> where So trying to get back into quote unquote normalcy yeah. has been like not that much of a change. I was already kind of at home, a homebody. Yeah. Um, but I'm still new as far as the tech side of trying to do things as a host. Yeah. Uh, with my audio drama time, that was still different it was remote recording yeah and i do want to ask you about yours uh but i did remote recording and i yeah. could take my time with the editing and not it wasn't about me i didn't even play i barely played a tiny little part in it because yeah. i was like no no this is for i'm focused on these actors and yeah not put myself in it so that's kind of my challenge right now is to kind mm. of put myself into my work more and do more non-fiction compared yeah. to fiction uh so 
So this is a, a fun challenge fiction. as I start post-pandemic life. <laughs> yeah, fiction stuff takes so much effort, though. That's the problem. People yeah. people think, oh, I just knock up a script, I record this. Like, no, you write the script, you edit the script, you sit there, you cry, you go, this is terrible. I don't like the <laughs> ending. Oh, I don't like the right? middle bit. This scene, especially if it's just all audio focused, like this scene, I'm not getting the right words out. This is too wordy. Then you finally get your recordings. You're like, oh, well, this, that, whatever. Then you go, oh, you it's so difficult it's so so difficult and it's it's one of those things where i wish there was more respect for the audio drama mm -hmm. field but all the big hollywood people are flying over here now and you know they're they're uh they're making their things that are going to be made into tv shows but some of the shows yeah, yeah i heard that that's kind of the new lower budget form of pilots yeah. now of just okay do an audio drama if it does good numbers then we'll green light you exactly. into a series for visual that's exactly uh, what i've had i've been on a lot of panels where people have asked me about that but oh sam yeah so you've got a top 10 fiction show um any plans to turn it into a tv show I was like the most i want to do right now is a comic a tv show is a different animal and i don't think there's enough mm -hmm. of the story out there for a tv show to be warranted and they're like oh, but you know, half an hour here, half an hour there, season one could just be a straight to TV. I was like, that's not how I would like this to work. Yeah. Like, it would have to be either season one is a prequel to the season I've released now, if it was a TV show, or season one is a combination of season one and season two, because the pacing for visual is a lot faster than with mm -hmm. audio. With audio, I have to spend five minutes describing something I could just show you in one minute. Right, a, a right. Could be the exposition down the is a job in itself. It's exactly. so hard when you're first trying to figure out, okay, does this even make sense? You're just, you're dropping your audience in versus yeah. film where you're kind of that establishing shot and you got exactly. the music. And you got, I can show like, you an so exterior. Different. I can have them walking down the street. You can see all the weird, like nobody's seeing what I'm seeing in, in my head. But when, as soon as you said Bioshock, mm -hmm. I was like, right, you get it. Because that's what it is. Yeah. It's like an old timey place that's in the future. Mm -hmm. But the reason why things have stopped at the level they have is revealed in season two, but it's- <laughs> Yeah, don't tell me, don't tell me. Uh, I won't, I, I was saying, <laughs> but it's one of those things where with visual, I could just go, okay, cool. Yeah, they're walking down the street, make sure that you have this type of shop there, that type of shop there. No one has mobile phones. Everybody has like these big clunky boxes. That's what they're holding. That's their kind of device that they've got. Do you know what I mean? The, the computers, nobody's got laptops. Everyone's got a desktop. I, to convey that through audio, it's like, I have to change the name of a computer to something that's mm -hmm. close to a computer, but sounds a little bit older. The sounds have to be different. They can't all be completely modern. This, this, this. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I, I can, I've been there. Yeah, I, I wrote and produced you. mine and, <laughs> and yeah, I was like, it's all coming back to me now. I remember, <laughs> I remember the struggle. And then I tried to do a second season with my show and mm. I tried to write season two last year, spent about six months could not get the right idea, struggled, and I was oh. trying to deal with just mental health and trying to stay sane and keep my kids okay. And I was like, you know what? I wrote to my cast, like, okay, maybe a time will come, but not today. So oh, I'm just God. gonna let this go and work and let it come to me later. Uh, so maybe I'll do audio drama in the future again. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But I did wanna ask, uh, as far as with Scarce, yeah. how'd you get the idea or what was the inspiration? Did you just wake up one day and say, I'm going to do an audio drama or were you already working, working in audio dramas? So I wanted to work in podcasting, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to apply for jobs at the BBC. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I was kind of like, fuck that. Like, I'm going to go ask <laughs> someone to like, let me work on their stuff that I don't want to work on. I was like, I'm just going to start my own thing. I'm just going to make my own mm -hmm. thing. And I was like, actually, I'm going to make it a company. I'm going to work for myself. And I was like, I need a portfolio. 
And these, all these thoughts are coming to me over the course of about a year. I was like, I need a portfolio. What would my portfolio be? I don't want to make a podcast. Like that's just like me sat there talking. I want to do something that uses all my skills, music, creatively, acting wise. I want to do that. You know what I mean? I want to try to put as much stuff as I can into one product. And I was like, cool, I'm going to have an audio drama. And I have all the time, I have the most lit dreams in the world. <laughs> all the time my dreams are insane sometimes they involve my friends other times they involve celebrities my dreams are in- insanely mad so i was like see cool. that's great for creativity i smoke too much weed i don't remember my dreams oh that's the but worst. i wish i did because i'm sure they're insane yeah so <laughs> i have these insane dreams and i was like cool i'm gonna just start noting down parts of the dream i'm sure something will come to me that will be interesting then one night it was like I was in the world of scarce. And I was like, Mm -hmm. where the fuck am I? What is this? So I'm walking around, I'm trying to like, I also lucid dream sometimes. So this was a lucid dream. I was walking around, I was like, who can I talk to to figure out what's going on here? And then I just was like looking around, painting. I was like, I was thinking to myself in the dream, I was like, when I wake up, I need to write down the premise of where I was. And hopefully I can go back there in a later dream. Wrote down the premise. I was like, I wrote down the premise. It's like, world seemed dystopian. Shit seemed normal, but shit seemed a bit weird. No one had money. Everything was credits. And I have that doc somewhere in my notes. And I was just like, I have to, I have to build this out. I want to, I want to make this an audio drama. And then a couple of weeks later, had another dream. And that was literally the, the whole dream was just the pilot. But it was like, the way the pilot turned out was that would be like 10 minutes in a TV show. Whereas it ended up being, you know, 10 minutes, just audio drama. But mm-hmm. it's, it's that type of thing where I was like, right, I'm not going to, I was thinking in the dream, like, I'm not going to remember all of this. <laughs> no way am <laughs> right. I going to remember all of this, but I'm going to try when I wake up. Wrote it down. And then from there, over the course of the next three, four months, kept dreaming it, kept dreaming it, kept dreaming it. And the story kept developing. And then when it got to the end, I was like, damn, it's a lot of stuff. So I had like these, these massive documents of just writing down what I remembered from the dreams, what I remember from the dreams. And luckily, that's about two, three seasons worth of content. Yeah. It's like I, your subconscious gave you a little jigsaw puzzle. Well, not little, but a yeah. huge puzzle to piece together and make it make sense. But yeah. And there's, there's a, there's a theme works. through the story. This, the theme is a theme of like self-discovery, overcoming the powers that be, you know, very basic level stuff. But the main character, Kinga, she goes on a journey and that journey is very clear. And throughout the two, three seasons, obviously season one's completely finished, completely done. But over the course of seasons two and three, there's natural character development. And mm-hmm. all these things came to me in a dream of like, wow, this girl is going through it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> She's going through it. She's a bit of an idiot. She makes rash decisions for no oh, reason. So the best protagonists are the dumb ones. Yeah. Because they keep it. making mistakes. Yeah. That's what I wanted. I wanted a character when I was writing her, I was thinking, should I change bits of her? I was like, I want a character that's likable, but also human. And it's like, humans fuck up. So I don't know how far in you are, but she makes some very odd decisions mm-hmm. towards the middle and end of the sh- of the season. You know, not a spoiler to the listeners. You'll get there eventually. It's a very short listen. I will continue my binge after this. Whereabouts are you up to? I mean, I mean, I just started. Okay. I'm at the second episode. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'm still early in. So gonna, I'm a quick binger because I'm constantly either listening to music or podcasts yeah. whenever I'm doing pretty much anything chores cooking you know around the house the same way. so i'll catch up pretty fast yeah uh well i would love to have you back on if you want to you know you're always welcome i'm going to be doing more episodes and yeah. it's been a pleasure talking to you sam it's been uh 
Well, basically everything I could have asked for. Thank you so much. You're That's a great good. guest. I'll be, I'll be happy to come back anytime. You know, I, I have so many different, I don't even remember what, I feel like your form had a lot of sections in it. I'm, I feel like I filled out so many different parts. I'm like, are we going to talk about all of this in an hour? I was thinking like, will we get time? But yeah, I'll definitely Yeah, that come list back. of topics is pretty long, but that was yeah. just me brainstorming. Like, okay, I want to talk about this and this and this. And at some point it was like, in case I get zero guests interested, then I'm going to talk about these things oh, because okay. these are things that are on my mind. So it's just a long list of it. I'm sure it was a lot. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for filling that out. And yeah. uh, that's that. Uh, do you want to give any shout outs or promote anything? I know I've talked about your audio drama. Uh, yeah. where, could, where can we find it? You can find my audio drama in any good podcast player. If you just go in there and search the word scarce, S-C-A-R-C-E, you'll see a little artwork of a yellow kind of robot looking thing with the word scarce at the top that's us or if you're really really lazy and you don't want to type that much in just go on www.stringcastmedia.com forward slash scarce you can listen to the whole show there and that's about it do i have anything else to promote um no do good things kiss your mother yeah. hug her love her that's it <laughs> <laughs> and you did mention uh your hopes for a comic are you still are going to finish out the series and then maybe adapt it are you thinking um or is uh, that just kind of one of those dreams you had so there is a visual element to it that exists only okay. in my head but i feel like yeah. when people are listening to it they are envisioning whoever they're envisioning so the comic i feel like would come after i've exhausted the material that i've got now for audio based work so once seasons two and three are done it's like cool let's bring out a comic and see what goes from there but the comic would be like a lot more condensed or it'd be like a prequel or a sequel it wouldn't be per se the content that's there at the moment because it's like with certain things especially where there's no visual element i haven't drawn in the characters i want people to be able to envision the characters in whatever race you know what i mean right height look whatever but if i lock it in and go no this is a white person this is now a blue man this person is purple it ruins it but going forward yeah i will i will yeah. have some kind of short comic but i'm i'm leaning towards a prequel because there's a story okay. to be told about why things are the way they are in that world and i feel like a comic would be a nice way to do that Awesome. And then maybe in the future, you'll go to a convention and you will see someone cosplaying as not Kinga, because it's maybe if it's a prequel, it'd be a completely different character. Who yeah. knows? But I'm going to hope I'm going to wish you well. Hope it all goes well. I can't wait to finish listening to season one. Yeah. And uh, I hope everyone else listens too. Oh, yeah. I mean, listeners, uh, thank you for listening to Standing Wild Black. That's the name of the show, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to Standing Wild Black. <laughs> Do you want me to do any like drops or anything? Do you want me to say anything, anything special so you can put it in the intro? Oh man, that's great. I don't have anything uh, for that, but uh, thanks for offering. I should come up with something for the next guest. Then. Yeah, yeah. You know, try like, try get like a radio, like a radio. You thing. get it. So that, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, if you ever come up with one, <laughs> you're let listening me know. to Standing Wild Black. Yeah, uh, I could weekly. do. It. I've got a nice British accent, but you're listening to Standing Wild Black, the best podcast for the Afro diaspora. There you go. <laughs> Throw that in there. <laughs> Perfect. You used to get, that's our trailer done. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with me, Sam. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Standing While Black, a weekly podcast discussing Black experiences and fandom. Follow this podcast on all of your favorite streaming apps and visit standingwhileblack.com for show notes and to apply to be a guest on the show. This podcast is written, produced, and hosted by me, Ashley Briggs. Show your support 
and get early access to new episodes by joining the Standing While Black fandom on Patreon. Let's geek out together.